The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike and we're going to recap the week that was on All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Before we get into talking about the action, Mike, how are you doing? Man, week nine, ten, I don't even know anymore. I'm, I'm going to stop counting. Quarantine, baby. Um, I'm doing all right, you know, just been a little up and down and but things with work, work have been good, you know, kind of got some uh, good news in the work department this week. So riding a little high on that. And if it wasn't for Final Fantasy seven, I don't know what I'd be doing right now, but I'm playing the hell out of that game. And if I know you're not you don't have a PlayStation, but I will mail you my PlayStation when all it's all said and done. <laughs> so you can so you can give this a give this a playthrough. I'm, I'm just really enjoying it. It's a ton well, of fun. It's going to come out on stunning. Xbox eventually. So eventually yes okay i won't have won't have to do that then but uh yeah just really been diving into that you know got a lot of free time right now so gonna probably put in 30 40 hours into that and it's the nfl draft my favorite day of the year i know you think it's it's weird but uh i've been following the nfl draft since i was about 14 years old putting out mock drafts almost every year so uh it's one of my favorite times of the the sporting calendar and their ratings are going to be crazy because it's like the only fresh content. When the Michael Jordan doc did like 6 million views on Sunday, I can't imagine what the NFL with everything involved with football could pull off tonight. So I'm pretty, pretty excited. Uh, my team picked 17th, so hopefully they don't screw it up too bad. And yeah. How about yourself, man? How's your week going? I'm doing pretty well. I've uh, been really getting back into working out and running a lot. <laughs> Uh, I think the physical activity helps me to kind of recenter myself and and uh, keep my uh, spirits up as we're kind of navigating through this whole you know weird situation. Uh, so I've I've either run or lifted weights like I don't know eleven of the past twelve days. So it's uh, I'm, I'm I'm you know keeping with it it's good i'm having a lot of fun with it and i'm also playing a lot of video games i've been playing the uh the doom remake from 2016 which uh, is available on xbox game pass right now which is why i'm playing it because it's free um and free. uh yeah it's a lot of fun it's a uh, it's really kind of frantic twitchy fast pace shooter not the kind of thing i usually go in for but i'm, I'm really digging it and uh yeah. it's just so smooth and easy to play so so that's what i've been getting down on hey joel why don't you tell us what happened on dynamite this week the dynamite that was all right so on this week's episode of dynamite we kicked off the show with a video package uh from cody talking about the significance of the TNT Championship Tournament. That led into the first of two quarterfinal matches between Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. Darby Allen getting the victory via pinfall there. Next up was a promo with uh, broken Matt Hardy and regular Matt Hardy, or I suppose I should say the unkillable Matt Hardy. And uh, after that, we saw a... Uh, 
breakdown from Taz of Kenny Omega's V-Trigger and Snapdragon suplexes, which led into a match with Kenny Omega facing off against Alan Angels. Apologies to Alan Angels. I realize I got his name wrong, um, but I'm blaming Chris Jericho for that. Next up was a uh, part one of a video package about Scorpio Sky, and I'm assuming we're going to get parts two and three and however many more moving forward so that the viewing audience doesn't forget about Scorpio Sky. After that was a match between Jimmy Havoc and Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy getting the pinfall victory there. MJF then gave us an update on his life-threatening injury. And uh, we got a match between Lee Johnson and Wardlow. Wardlow getting the pinfall victory off the F10. Then there was a match between Brody Lee and Justin Law that was uh, preceded by a Dark Order vignette, kind of ran right into it. And uh, Brody Lee got the pinfall victory there. We then had a Best Friends promo backstage, uh, cutting a promo on... Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, and Jimmy Havoc. And uh, then we got our second edition of The Bubbly Bunch. This was the second to last segment. And uh, then we got the second of our two quarterfinal matches. They bookended the show. Kip Sabian versus Dustin Rhodes. Uh, Dustin having given the stipulation that if he lost, he would retire from professional wrestling. And he got the pinfall victory. So more Dustin in our future. Mike, what stood out to you from this week? Stock up, stock down. Well, let's start with the the TNT tournament. And I think a good place to start is the uh, Cody Rhodes vignette to start the show. I just really liked it. I really, I got a lot of, you know, the the who am I sentiment throughout the whole thing. You know, you have a self-proclaimed Spanish god, a murder hawk, a UK paragon with pretty blue eyes in the back of his head, the intangible and a legend. Who am I? And it just, once again, just elevated this tournament to uh, just center stage. And it makes made everything seem more important um, than it might actually be. And I just really enjoyed what he had to say in this, you know, has my sword been sharpened? Have I answered the call? You can't be future endeavored if there are no endeavors. I, my favorite line, did I break the throne because I was afraid of sitting in it? it was, oh man, just really, really good stuff. And I'm so stoked that we have this, this tournament and this this title um, that's coming into the company. Um, and, and before we talk about the matches, what do you think of this uh, opening video from Cody? I thought it really set the tone. And uh, I kind of expected the show to be bookended by those uh, TNT championship matches or tournament matches because it just makes sense, right? You know, kick off the show with something with some significance and then, you know, closing it out in the same fashion. I really thought, you know, he delivered his lines very well. And, you know, I don't know that there's anyone doing better work on the microphone than Cody Rhodes right now. He is just so good and you can feel that he believes what he's saying. And that's kind of the trick, right? Is, you know, for, for most great talkers throughout wrestling history, it's be yourself turned up to 11. And if that is convincing, then, it comes across to the audience. And I think that's clearly, you know, what Cody is doing. He is someone with a chip on his shoulder. He is someone who feels like he has something to prove. And, you know, he has all of these issues of legacy and family history and, 
you know, what does that mean? What's his place in the pantheon of great wrestling families? And I think it's all there on the table. And not to mention all of the references to, you know, other legends of professional wrestling as well that were strewn throughout. He chooses his words very carefully and it really comes through in a promo like this. Yeah. I, I it's just, I also love the production quality of this. Like it was so clean and I'm assuming they had to film this over the last couple of weeks. So to be able to pull that off and make it look that good was a uh, very impressive. And before we talk about the matches, you know, we talked about last week of, not just the importance of the title for these torn matches, but they were putting stories into it. You know, we had Lance Archer's, you know, and Cole Cabana, despite Lance Archer only being the company for a few weeks, they did a nice little build with that with Cabana, you know, on interviews and on the mic. And then we obviously had Sean Spears and Cody's uh, rivalry that dates back to last summer. And then you continue tonight. We had Darby and Sammy have been basically feuding for four or five months on and off here and there. And what I thought was really interesting was we had really before this week, we really had no reason other than the tournament stipulation to care about Sabian versus the natural Dustin Rhodes. And I initially like, did they really need to add this whole retirement thing to it? But as you know, we saw him pop up throughout the show about, you know, his message to Cody and what it means for him to win this. Like, it just gave that match a, l- a little extra juice, a little more reason to care, and, and honestly, just a little more stakes that I think really made made that match work. Um, what did you think of the the main event, Joel? I thought it was pretty good. I thought they told a good story, and um, I liked Dustin's selling. I think he did a really good job. I, I always like when someone gets thrown for the Irish whip and you know, they stumble off the ropes, you know? And and so mm-hmm. the, the person initiating that move is just left standing there in the middle of the ring because their opponent collapsed. And I think that we don't see it very often. And for that reason, it works really well when you do see it. I thought that was really good. I did think the stip kind of hurt the drama of this match because we know Dustin's not going to retire in a pre-recorded match in the opening round of (laughs) a tournament for a brand new championship like that that's just not gonna happen so you know the only way he loses that match is if there's some kind of a you know the disqualification which would be you know the first time that a match was decided by a disqualification in aew so that doesn't seem very likely either so I felt like the step hurt it a little bit, but other than that, the match was worked very well. You've got two very capable guys in the ring getting it done. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, you know, that was, that that crossed my mind originally is like, well, this hurt it. But then I was also, you know, when I looked at the bracket, I'm like, oh man, this is totally setting up for Archer, Dustin Rhodes, second round to add fuel to the fire for the eventual finals of Cody versus Archer. So it it didn't really hurt it for me in that standpoint because I already kind of assumed Dustin was moving on. Um, and also with how they kind of gotten Kip Sabian involved with Jimmy Havoc and the best friends over the last two weeks, like it didn't seem like Kip was long for this tournament. And you've talked about it before, like, um, you know, if it's predictable, predictable is not bad if it, if it works and it makes sense and it's entertaining. And so I was okay with it because I, I thought the match was really well done. And I, that power slam 
from Dustin. What's what's your rating on the Orton scale there, dude? Oh, I was looking pretty good. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and drop a drop a four on that one. Oh, I, I'm dropping a shiny bald five out of five Orton's <laughs> on that one. It looks so damn good. And I, he like ran towards him to initiate it. Like he ran towards him and then got him with the scoop. I thought it just looked so damn good. Yeah, it was really so good. That's I think that's my first five out of fives for Mr. Orton scale. Did you, so uh, congratulations. Did you happen <laughs> to watch Dark this week? I did not watch Dark so, this week. Cody had a match on Dark with uh, Joe Alonzo. And I bring it up because there was a Rhodes Brother power slam in that match as well. And uh, it's kind of controversial because, you know, in terms of the Orton scale, I, I have to either and you go back and watch it because you'll understand what I mean. It's either a five or a one. And I'm not sure which, because <laughs> if you go based off of the the tightness, the impact, the speed, all of those things, it's a five. But he almost killed Joe Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> so for that reason, I feel like I have to give it a one. Uh, Alonso almost got planted right on top of his head. So it was, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Orton's almost killed people before. Remember what he did to the Singh brothers? Like... <laughs> I feel like a little danger is what makes Orin Orin. So, <laughs> well, I guess if we're, if we're taking okay. into account the namesake of this scale, then go ahead and call it a five. Go back and watch it. Tell me what you think. Uh, yeah, I, I will. I will be on that because I got. I got to give my opinion on that. So, but yeah, I thought the main event delivered. It's nice to see Dustin in that role, and I really like that Kip lost uh, due to sh- kind of shenanigans. His shenanigans backfiring with Ford. Uh, he's won many matches in AEW so far due to interference from Penelope. So for it to kind of backfire and Brandy to deliver a massive spear. Yeah. Massive spear. And there's, there's <laughs> continuity to the interference backfiring as well. If you think back, Penelope Ford lost due to interference from Kip Sabian in the fatal four way match. And that's what sparked the drama between Kip Sabian and Colt Cabana because Colt Cabana was calling that out after the match was over that, you know, she'd have had a better chance of winning if it wasn't for Kip. So, you know, I, I think there's some good storytelling there uh, to kind of continue that instance of, of the interference backfiring. Yeah, for sure. So I, I before we I want to talk about the the opening match to the show. Loved how they they bookended. I thought it was a really good idea, like you mentioned earlier. Um God, I could watch Sammy and Darby wrestle all day. Like, what a fun match. And we've seen them. What was this their their second one-on-one match? But they've also had the handicap tag match with Jericho, too. So they've had a lot of interaction. I think this is the fourth and match that they've both been involved fourth? in. Okay. Okay. And that makes sense. Um, but, you know, we know they've, they, they have this little rivalry going on and they both been kind of dubbed as future cornerstones of this company. Uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this, and um, I, I kind of like the way that it started. I, I like that Sammy attacked him pre, uh, pre-match, which they get commentary did a good point of referencing how Sa- Darby did the same thing to Sammy in their match at Revolution, and I really liked the Darby ripping off Sammy's shoe. And the dynamic of a one-shoed, one-booted uh, Sammy for the the almost the entirety of that match. Um, what'd you think of uh, Darby Allen 
Darby Allen. I was going to say Darby Sammy. <laughs> Darby Sa- Sammy part two, three, four, five, whatever one it actually is. <laughs> I thought it was a really good match. I was really impressed. And you mentioned the removing Sammy's boot and him selling the ankle injury there. And, uh, you know, we had the match between MJF and Cody where Cody lost a shoe, but they managed to do this differently. So even though it was the same basic gimmick, it wasn't sold in the same way because the focus was was different. So I I really liked the way it was done. And I thought uh, Sammy did a really good job with that uh, reverse springboard cutter going off of one leg and, and really selling that and making it look good. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought that there were some really, really brutal spots in this match. I mean, probably the most painful looking belly flop I've ever seen. Good grief. <laughs> that splash on uh, are the you ladder. About the, and... the splash of the ladder? Yeah. That ladder did not give. No. Period. The ladder didn't break. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it looked like when they showed it on replay, it looked like Sammy almost hit his chin on the far side of the ladder. Uh, well, it looked like he might have overshot it a little bit, too. Like he may have gone just a little too far. But I, I just yeah, can't imagine I, that being anything other than excruciating. Um, yeah. I, I, and the, on the replay, when you see like, you know, we're used to seeing things break. <laughs> that, that ladder did not bend an inch. It just blew my mind that looked like a legit ladder they just had lying around at this facility not a wrestling ladder it's like hey anyone got a ladder i got this blue thing let's use that <laughs> like <laughs> but yeah i but thought yeah, there were some I, really I, good I, spots i i thought sammy or sorry darby launching himself into the barricade on the the complete miss just eating shit on that lope mm-hmm. just was awful i mean in the best way possible and uh the the one spot that didn't look great to me was the 630 and it just the the rotation wasn't tight he kind of got sideways he had to break out of it at the end and we've seen sammy hit that much cleaner so i think not having the shoe on affected that more than anything else but you know all in all i thought it was a great match and the finish was spectacular you want to talk about darby as a counter wrestler the entire finish was just a master class on how to do counter wrestling yeah i mean he goes for the springboard coffin drop which gets countered sammy catches him in a reverse fireman's carry goes for the burning hammer knee strike which gets countered into the last supper for the one two three wow (laughs) what a sequence just really really impressive stuff so good And, and like just looking at that whole sequence, how to catch Darby in on your shoulders like that, like at how fast he like sprung himself off the rope. It was it was impressive. It was just really fun. And I think the most important thing is we get Darby versus Cody three, baby. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Ooh. That's going to be one hell of a match. And uh yeah, and. I, I, now we have that little added fuel from when they teamed up a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. and Darby shoved him like should be should be a little more intense. So, yeah, I think the I can't unfortunate part is that I, I feel like we already know the outcome. So what I'm interested in here is, you know, how do they tell this story? How do they set up what comes next? I mean, assuming that they're going to blow off 
Cody versus Lance Archer in this tournament. You know, this tournament could be more about Lance Archer, you know, destroying all of these people who are close to Cody, or at least on the good guy side of things. You know, Darby Mm -hmm. and Cody, for all their rivalry, they've kind of been on the same side throughout most of their track record on Dynamite. So if Darby were to somehow come up with a win here and then just get utterly demolished by Lance Archer, you know, and you know he could sell like a million bucks for all of Lance's offense, I'd be interested to see that. So, you know, maybe we're going to see Cody and Lance Archer face off down the line and this is all set up. This is all seasoning. Let it cook. Yeah, it'd be... (laughs) I I still think we're we're on a collision course of Cody versus Archer, but uh, I definitely could see that being the case. Um, I also like I'm very intrigued of this Archer Dustin second round matchup too. Kind of curious of how they're going to go and which which direction. I could see it being a a competitive match. I also could see it being to the point where like Brandy has to throw in the towel for Dustin because he's getting beat down so bad. I think that's the more interesting way to go. And especially since Dustin is already, you know, he already has an injury that he's selling from this match that he just had with Kip Sabian. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he were to go in and not take Lance Archer as seriously as he should and just get completely demolished and Lance Archer take the opportunity to send a message, I think that's a great story. Yeah. Yeah, anything else about the TNT tournament and the matches from uh, tonight? I think the the one, I guess, criticism I would have is that so far it's been chalk. Uh, everyone who we've mm-hmm. expected to win has won. Uh, but like we've been talking about, you know, predictable isn't bad as long as you do it well. When you go to see an action movie, you pretty much know that the the good guy is going to win in the end and that the the evil villain is going to get their comeuppance. So, you know, we know where we're going to get to. What's interesting is how do we get there? I think if the tournament field was a little, if was bigger, not necessarily 16, but say they had a few first round buys or even like triple threats or something like that, where there might've been a little more, uh, you know, diversity in this in this tournament you know more people i think it might have helped that not be such an issue but yeah it definitely has gone chalk um so joe what what uh what else do you have for us in stock up stock down this week well i'm gonna have to throw a stock down to the bubbly bunch the bubbly bunch what (laughs) on earth what okay (laughs) i just okay it (laughs) I, I don't even know what TikTok, to say. It was so bad. TikTok has gotten so big uh, over the last year or so. And I've had a lot of friends resort to just watching TikTok videos because they're bored in quarantine. So for me personally, this hit home because I have been such a TikTok addict over the last four or five weeks. I mean, I've seen and some I good TikTok videos. Dancing. I've seen some really good TikTok <laughs> videos. I've seen some of the TikTok dance videos. And like, nah, this ain't it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was. Just... I was gonna say we should both film ourselves doing the flim flam, and post it on our socials. Ah, uh, be my guest. <laughs> do it for the gram, dude. Do it for I the don't gram. have a gram. Uh, <laughs> do it for Melody's gram. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, 
No, I, I, it wasn't as funny as last week's, but there was still stuff in this that made me laugh. And I'm, I'm giving some props to, uh, Mr. Jake Hager, who blocked me. Now, I thought when he, he was said the to best Samuel, part. He, <laughs> yeah. he and Sammy's like, cat. <laughs> Where he says to Sammy, you're far too beautiful to look sad. Sadness is for ugly faces. I was just like, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, and his dancing was the most like dad of the group, yes. I think. I think it was intentionally um, <laughs> bad. And that I did enjoy. But, you know... It's like Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, they're actually capable of doing this. Like they they clearly have, you know, some rhythm, some rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Sammy going over the top and, you know, doing flips and stuff. You know, I, I mean, it well, was I like Jericho screaming. Sammy's a show off. <laughs> like <laughs> I did like, him, I don't know, like it... kind of dejectedly being like, enjoy your hand sanitizer. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, I wrote, this is so bad. It's good. Because it was not a good segment, but man, did it get me to laugh a good bit. So I mean, I like weird sketch comedy. (laughs) Like, I think You Should Leave is one of my favorite things to have come out on Netflix in recent history. But this is like, I mean, it's not even so bad. It's good. It's just, I don't know. I uh, Sure, it's it's lighthearted. It's funny. If if you've had enough to drink, I'm sure it's hilarious. But (laughs) <laughs> it just didn't work for me. I'm, and if they're going to keep doing these segments, I'd like them to put just a little bit more into the planning and execution. Okay. So we're one for one then. Cause you liked last week's. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you didn't like this week. Okay. One for one. Um, one we'll, and we'll, one, we'll one see. for two. Oh, one for two. Dude, it's been a long week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to help. <laughs> Thank you, sir. But yeah, I, you know, I, I thought I thought it was solid, you know, not my favorite thing, but definitely got me some laughs. So not much else to say about the bubbly bunch unless you do. No, no, just I mean, it, it stuck out as as kind of a low point. I, I definitely wasn't paying rapt attention like I normally do to uh, to the rest of, of Dynamite. Well, do you have a do you have another stock up, stock down for us then? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna here. throw a stock up to one Mr. Brody Lee. I really enjoyed this uh, promo segment, and I liked the mystery person who's six two two forty, which uh, describes a certain wrestler who was just released from WWE. Oh, this guy's already been revealed, by the way. Someone's been it's revealed. Not necessarily the person featured in that vignette, because I saw that that number 10 was revealed on, on yeah. Twitter. Uh, but that doesn't you don't think that was number 10 in the video. Not necessarily. I mean, it could be right. That's, okay. that's fine. But that could also be a placeholder. Uh I don't know if you did what I did, which was to go look up the heights and weights of wrestlers uh, and see how tall they were. <laughs> who's billed at 6'2", 240. Uh, but EC3 is billed at 6'2", 240. And oh, he, he just put out okay. a video about, you know, a, a little thing on Twitter that was like, I'm not the 1%. That's a character that I play. Uh, but the 1% is real and they don't care about you. And like it, it would fit in. And I don't know if he's going back to impact. I don't know what his plans are, but 
he's someone who I would be thrilled to see pop up in AEW because he's very, very good on the mic. He has a great build. He's a good worker and he has the most punchable face in all of professional wrestling. So, (laughs) you know, whether it it's, you know, the guy that they revealed number 10 on, on Twitter, or if it's somebody else, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't care. I just thought this was a really strong vignette. I also really liked that the cry for help that was, uh, typed out on the computer, uh, started off with, I had the whole world in my hands. Yup. I thought the same thing. <laughs> just really nice work there. And it was, it's subtle. You wouldn't necessarily catch it unless, you know, you, you watch WWE during that era, but I, I just thought this was really good. And, you know, when I was complaining about the Mr. Brody Lee character before, it just felt like it was a little too on the nose. And now that they've moved back mm-hmm. into a more subtle territory, it's really working for me. I, I liked I liked uh, his work in the vignette when he showed up. You know, he's he's very good on the mic. He's very good in these settings and he's very convincing. And that's not something we really got to see of him in the other wrestling company. I really like towards the end of his uh, conversation with uh, Mr. Six Foot Two football player. Do I look like I'm afraid of success? I want to offer you success. I want to offer you the power, the strength and numbers. We are the lions of AEW. We feed on the prey. Just really well delivered and really convincing. And when they when they finally pushed the Dark Order up the card into some of the uh, you know, maybe higher um and feuds you know i'm really looking forward to it because Brody lee is is something and i i kind of flew through the match because i knew he was gonna kill justin law um but just once again he's his physicality his size his brutality are just such a such a boom for the company right now and poor marco's stunt is gonna have to go up against the exalted (laughs) one next week with no jungle boy and no dinosaur there to help him. Yeah, but he hey, get he's killed got his by cat. the murder hawk. He's gonna get killed now. He's got his cat though. Have you seen Marco Stunt's cat? I have not seen Marco Stunt's cat. He adopted a little K cat. Super cute. Cool. That, that's all. I don't have anything else to say about it. But <laughs> oh, he's, oh, okay. He's posted about it on Twitter, <laughs> so go check it out. Gotcha. His cat fits okay, inside uh, of a I... ball cap. Wow, if that's his ball cap that must be a real tiny cat because he's got a tiny face <laughs> um actually i'm gonna go a little off script joel i i, I didn't mention this in our, our pre-show rundown but i want to give a stock up just to overall aw storytelling here the last few weeks i think they've been forced to to have less matches on the show because they got to make the matches that they have last so we're seeing more vignettes more background of these characters pop up um, you know, we had tonight, we had the Matt Hardy, uh, video. We had this dark order video. Uh, I really enjoyed the Scorpio sky giving a little background on who he is, why he's into wrestling. And if we get like little series of these over the next few weeks, like it's, I think it's really good to kind of present your, um, talent in this light. And I remember the first couple of weeks of dynamite back in the fall. I'm like, this is sweet, but it was like just nonstop matches there was very little of character development or pre-taped stuff other than maybe like the high-end jericho cody omega stuff moxley stuff um but it seems like 
this has kind of forced them to do this. And I feel like the shows have a little more balance now. Like we have a little time to come down from our matches and we have a really cool promo. Then maybe a squash match and then to another real promo. Then boom, third, second match, third match of the night. Tonight was Orange Cassidy and Jimmy Havoc, which was a really fun match. Then we got more vignettes, more promos, another squash match. And then we got to our main event. So um, I just I just kind of like how they've handled a quarantine world. And, you know, we're getting to learn more about these characters that we love as wrestlers and get to learn more about them as people. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious know. to see if this is the format that they're going to kind of be working with moving forward of giving us, you know, two kind of featured matches and then more of this promo content, video package content, because they're doing such a great job with it and it's polished enough to look nice, but not so polished that it feels, you know, inauthentic. So Mm -hmm. I think they're doing a really great job. And I I do. I like the balance. I don't feel like I have to like zone in with complete intensity to, you know, watching every single move and breaking it down in my head the way I did on earlier episodes. I only have to focus in on a few matches that way because the other ones you can kind of just relax and enjoy. Like you mentioned, Jimmy Havoc and, and Orange Cassidy. That's not a match that you needed to you know, pay super, super close attention to everything that was happening in order to understand and enjoy the match. It was just, you know, very face value, good, entertaining stuff. So uh, I agree. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, not just in wrestling, but you know, the best companies, the, the best teams in the world, they, they adapt and they adapt for the situation they're in. And I think AW has adapted very well to this weird reality that we're in. And once we're out of this and we're back to like a regular TV schedule, you know, we could have shows like this, but then we can also have shows that do the five, you know, four matches that are just complete barn burners and you're exhausted and need a cigarette at the end of it. Um, <laughs> but at least I think, yeah, I think, I think they're capable of doing both. And I don't think we could have answered, could have said that maybe two, three months ago that they were truly capable of doing, you know, balanced shows like this. So. Yeah, sorry, I, I went off script, but I thought it was a, a point we should make. And uh, if if you don't have anything else to say, are you, are you, we can go on to lightning round. Let's do it. Oh, damn it, I did it again. My stupid mouse double-clicked it, so it didn't finish. Lightning round. Oh, we're off to a ripper. All right, Joel, what do you got for yeah. me? what do you have for me in lightning round today well i wanted to talk about the uh broken matt hardy unkillable matt hardy uh promo because i thought that was really interesting and Mm -hmm. uh i think kind of it, it felt like an olive branch to me like okay clearly for some of you this matt hardy character is a little too over the top and so yeah we're going to have this set up to where he can be both. And, and that way for those who have known Matt Hardy for years and are thrown off by this new persona that he's been doing for the past several years, you know, he's still the same guy, but he's got this other side to him that he can also, you know, lean into. And I don't know if that's really what it was, or if this was just something for this specific feud with Jericho, but I do think it's an interesting development. And I thought it was well done. Um, I would have liked 
if instead of just switching over to uh, unkillable Matt Hardy and being that for the rest of the promo, if it had been more of like a, a back and forth, almost call and response sort of thing between mm-hmm. the two personas. But obviously they have room to do more with it moving forward. So I thought it was good and and I I would like to see more. Yeah, uh, to me, it kind of was like, okay, this is serious tone, Matt Hardy. You know, this this is the Matt Hardy that's taking this seriously. And we know that it's not like broken Matt Hardy is flipping and, you know, lackadaisical or whatever. Like, he takes things seriously. But I think it was kind of to show the seriousness of the emotions between Jericho and Matt Hardy that you bring out the unkillable Matt to basically be like, yo, I'm going to kick your ass. Right. Um, and, you know, un- unkillable Matt Hardy was the Matt Hardy that, you know, we both kind of really loved when we were teenagers. Um, you know, that whole feud with, with edge and stuff like that was some of my favorite Matt Hardy work ever. Um, so yeah, I liked it. Um, I'm kind of wondering why Jericho is on commentary and he's not really bringing it up. And I wonder if maybe they just taped commentary differently and then they threw the shows together. But I feel like we gotta get a response from Jericho here soon. Um, about that, elite deletion that didn't throw me off so much because if Jericho is, is ducking Hardy and Hardy's not right there in front of him to confront him about it, then it makes sense that on commentary, he wouldn't bring it up, but I hear what you're saying. And I I do hope that we get an answer soon. Yeah. So for me, uh, in lightning round, I briefly want to talk about Jimmy Havoc and orange Cassidy. Like you said, it wasn't a match that we had to pay, you know, attention to every single detail, but I thought this was fun. I thought it was Obviously, Jimmy Havoc is a very physical, brutal guy. And for the first quarter, no, first 50% of this match was him just beating the hell out of Orange Cassidy. Um, and I loved where he he pulled up Cassidy's shirt, chopped him, and then Jericho's was like, his nipple's on the floor. <laughs> just, I really like Once again, more random. I really like the the spot in this match where Jimmy Havoc put Orange Cassidy's hands in his own pockets Mm-hmm. and then proceeded to, you know, beat him up while his hands were in his pockets. But that was also kind of the thing that that set him off and and, and got him to try. So I, I thought it was fun. Also, Cassidy throws a better Superman punch than uh, Roman Reigns does. Holy crap. He, like threw his entire body into that Superman punch near the end of the match. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it looked good. But he, he's a lot smaller guy, so it's it's a little bit easier for him, I think. And last note about this, I love the little promo with the best friends backstage where Trent's like, if you can't tell, I'm very pissed off. And then Chuck goes, you won't like Trent when he's quiet because that means you're going to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just wasn't expecting that. The delivery was great. And that should be a fun tag match if we get that here in the next week or well, so. Well, I also, I thought it was interesting, the verbiage that they used to say, you know, do I want to fight Penelope Ford? Yes, I do. Is it illegal? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And that makes me think we could see an <laughs> unsanctioned match in the future. Like six on six. Six on six. And yeah. Uh, because if it's, you know, if it's not sanctioned, if there's like, you know, a hold harmless agreement or whatever, you want to take your pick of, of what language you want to attach to it you could have this match. And I think they've had Penelope get involved enough uh, that there's, mm-hmm. you know, grounds for, for potentially making that happen. So, you know, maybe they are planting the seeds for that. We saw that the reception to 
the the mixed tag match, the true mixed tag match between Kip and Penelope and Riho and Kenny Omega went over really well. Oh, so awesome. I didn't see any like negative backlash to that. So, you know, maybe they feel no, like it, they've it was... tested the waters and, and they can do this. Yeah, I definitely could. That might be something they do on pay-per-view, you know, don't put that on TNT, you know, the, the one Riho and that match was on AEW dark. So I wonder if they're trying to keep that off of television and leave that to their alternative delivery methods. But yeah, that'd be sweet. And they've been kind of in each other's crosshairs for a while now too, you know, so, uh, good, good stuff there. Um, do you have another item for lightning round, Joel? Um, I want to talk about very briefly about the segment of Taz breaking down Kenny Omega's moves. And I think if this is a recurring segment of Taz breaking down somebody's move, I don't think there's a better person in the company to do that, except maybe like Malenko. Um, But, you know, he did a really great job of, of explaining it, showing examples. And I think it, it tells a great story and it adds to the character. And one of the things that Taz has talked about in interviews is about how, what he wants to do is to get everybody over. That's his goal as a commentator. And this was a great way to, you know, put over somebody and put over their moves. And I think this could be a really good recurring segment. Yeah. It, you know, every, every few years we hear some wrestling company wants to be more real life sport. Like, you know, they want to be more, sport than entertainment and segments like these, you know, it felt something straight off of what you would see on like sports center of an expert breaking down film. Um, and I think Taz has the voice. I think he has the personality for it. And yeah, you know, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying in stock up, suck down about needing to have segments to fill the show. Um, if you can have a, a good two, three minute video every week of Taz breaking down film, I'm all for it. And he, and he, Makes it easy to understand, which I really like. Well, he's also a legit judoka. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's not just yeah. a pro wrestler. He he has that real uh, sports combat background. So I think that helps him to to talk about it and break it down in a way that makes sense to the average viewer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I got one last thing for lightning round, and then we'll wrap up the show. <laughs> MJF has been teasing this injury for a while now. And when he, when he revealed it was a, a hangnail <laughs> yeah, in his arms and a sling and it's wrapped up and he was his acting of saying, I wasn't going to cry. I just, I thought it was just really well done. And the thing is, I, you know, I read the dirt sheets and like, they were reporting like, Oh no, does MJF really have an in- in- injury? And he played him. They all, they all, they all were marks. He played them all. Well, and I think it's a testament to AEW and how in on it everybody who's involved is that stuff like this doesn't leak, you know, like they're able to work the audience in a way that other companies are not because you don't have a bunch of stooges running around you know, calling up Dave Meltzer and, and telling him what's going on. So you know, I haven't seen or heard a lot of AEW related spoilers. Uh, you know, it's it's all been either it's upfront because they wanted it to be upfront or it was a legit surprise. And that's the best possible place to be. So hopefully they can maintain just it. Just think of some of, 
yeah, just think of some of the surprises we've had over the last few months. We had no idea Jake the Snake was coming back. Yeah, seriously. And boom, he's back, and then he's the major character. We didn't know about Jeff Cobb until Jericho just said, oh, yeah, I'm bringing in Jeff Cobb. All that stuff would have been spoiled for us. The fact that we got to the Exalted one, and there had been talks about potentially Brody Lee doing it, but there was never a legit, yep, we can confirm Brody Lee's the Exalted one. Um, and how they use Matt Hardy to kind of, you know, throw everybody off sure the people set. Kept yeah. Guessing. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I, and I also think that's one, one last thing. I think that's one of the reasons why they're doing so well right now um, in quarantine is because they, they probably have a way, way smaller staff, way, way smaller group of people making these big decisions. So that it's just streamlined, you know, you don't have to go through all these different levels of hierarchy to get a decision made. Um, you know, I bet the wrestlers can just straight up go to Cody and say, Hey, we want to try this. Yay or nay. Cool. So yeah, just good stuff. And if that's uh if for lightning round, I think we can go on to Joel's random observation of the week. Joel's random observation of the week. So you mentioned MJF and and that promo segment was followed by a match between Lee Johnson and Wardlow. I thought Wardlow was really impressive mm. in this match, but yes, I think he'd be a lot more intimidating with a different haircut. Different haircut. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm blanking. Is he is he rocking like man bunish yeah. right now? Doesn't really work okay, so for what me. Kinda, what kind of so, uh, what you need to do for me now is we need to have your better half give him different haircuts via Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> There's our content. If you don't want to flim flam with me, if you don't want to <laughs> flim flam with me, then you and your better half need to give Wardlow alternative haircuts. Fair enough. <laughs> but I mean, don't you agree? Don't you think he would look more intimidating? I mean, even if he just had a shaved head, I think he would look more intimidating. I don't know. I'm the. I'm the guy who said after his match with Cody that I think he would look more intimidating, not in the singlet. I think the singlet makes him look smaller. Um, you know, I think he's gotten more jacked if that's possible. He looked huge this week, but so I don't know. I, I think the haircut's fine, but to me, it was always his ring gear. I thought his ring gear made him look less intimidating, but yeah, I, I'm kind of picturing him with like a mullet now or, some like fairy tale esque or some like Dragon Ball Z anime spiky hair. <laughs> Ooh, that's something. <laughs> anyway, well, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, I think Waldo Waldo looked good uh, in the ring this week. I, it was kind of random, but you know, good for him. And hopefully, MJF can get that fingernail better because I, I I miss him. I miss him <laughs> a lot. And I was just thinking so, how pleasant it was to not have to listen to him drone on and on. I'm just kidding. I miss him too. I know. Uh, yeah, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show. You can find us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can email us at Gmail. Frick, I did again. You can email us at The Other Wrestling Show at gmail.com. We are on iTunes, Spotify. And if you're an Android guy like me, you can pretty much find us on any of the Android specific podcast players. And did I miss something? 
I don't know. I don't think I did. Joel, anything to add? Uh, no, if you like the show, support the show, give us a rating and review, tell a friend, all that good stuff still applies. And uh, that's it. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.